Thursday night right here on TantalkNetwork.com. I am Mama Mac along with my wonderful co-host, Dr. Angel Falzoni. You're there. You're right there. Yes, you are. In person, she always is. Uh, PhD and licensed mental health counselor. And we are in our fifth year of this show, Dr. Angel. Time flies when you're having this kind of fun. It sure does. Does not feel like five years. Uh, Not at all. I mean, I love doing this show, and I know you do too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a lot of listeners, different places. And we always remind you that if you miss a show, you can catch it right here on Tantalk Network. If you go to the podcast tab, go down to the little link that uh, is like a little blue link. Open that up and you'll see all the shows. The title, title this is Go Yard. Open that. You're going to find the most recent shows. And you can just go right down through there and listen to a lot of them. Or go to our website, which is... GoYard2014.org. All right, you remember. I did it. All right. Why would anybody want to go there to look for radio shows? Well, we have all of our shows there. They're also tagged and titled um, so that you'll know what the show is about. Titles. You know, we've done so many different series. Rarely do we do a show that is just part one and that's the end, right? Right. It just developed that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just because we can't, we have so much to say. That's what it is, right? Yes, It's we do. you. You have so much to <laughs> say, right? That it takes two shows, three shows, four shows. We just did a four-part series. Uh, that was really good, uh, Exploring Our Truth, and we just finished that last week. And so mm-hmm. if you missed that, there's four, four shows, and just find it right here on TantalkNetwork.com, and it'll be up on our website soon when our webmaster gets it done. TantalkNetwork.com, go to podcast, go to Go Yard. So with that said, did you enjoy doing that four-part series? I sure did. That I was did a too. great one. Exploring Our Truth. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an in-depth thing, wasn't it? It was very um, in-depth. That yes. was true. Now, uh, you and I meet for lunch once every few weeks, and, uh, well, more often if we can, but business, uh, busy, busy lives and work. Um, and this topic tonight kind of grew out of a conversation we had last week at lunch. Yes, it did. And right? Now it's, it's grown into more than one show. It's grown <laughs> into more than one show, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a topic we have never ever done on the show. It's another new topic. And, again, it grew out of just conversation and and that's really good because it means it's we're living it, right? Yes, it's fresh. Yeah. What's that mean? Fresh. It's fresh. It's it's we're not recycling old thoughts. We're coming right. with things that people are living in the moment that they're dealing right. with here and now. And a lot of times it's things that you hear in your your job situation or working with counselors that you work with or or patients or whatever, me as a pastor hearing all kinds of things. It's a common problem we're going to deal with tonight, and the title of it is... Dealing with Relationship Obligations. Ah, it's an obligation series. An obligation series. What is an obligation, Dr. Angel? Well, that's funny that you asked that. Um, An obligation is something by which a person is bound or obligated to do certain things, which arises out of a sense of duty or a contract or a law. Okay. All right. So it's something you feel like you have to do. Yeah. You're bound to do it. You're bound to do it. So Mm -hmm. a marriage contract, Mm -hmm. there's certain parts of marriage, uh, marriages that are obligations, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a difference on whether or not you want to do those things or if you get to a point in life you don't want to do whatever those things might be, right? So an obligation is something that you do because you feel like a duty to have to do this. Okay. I've, we've all been in work situations where things were expected and perhaps you or people that work with you said, you know what, I don't need to do that. That's not that important. I don't know why they want me to do that part of my job, right? Right. And so there's a lot of times we take issue with obligations, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of times we feel obligated to do things we really think are stupid. Yep. 
right? Absolutely. Like not necessary. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, it can get us into some kind of hot water if we don't do the obligations, correct? Very Especially true. in a job setting. Yep. You can lose your job, get written you up, can lose your on job. performance plans. Right. Um, you know, it's funny because some obligations are just, they're black and white, cut and dry. You know, you have a contract that says this is what you're going to do. Right. Like when you sell your house, this is a contract. You're going to have your house, you know, clean when you give it over and you're going to this much money on this date, right? It's written out. It is. Black and white. So if you don't do it, what happens? They take you to court and they have the contract exactly. enforced. But when we're talking about relationships, it's not cut and dry, the right. obligation. It's the unseen, invisible obligation. Well, and it's also how somebody interprets. Let's go with your example, since I'm a realtor, mm-hmm. that even though the contract says that when you close on the house, the home you leave is supposed to be, quote unquote, broom clean is what it says in the contract. What that means in in one person's mind and what that means in somebody else can be totally different. And I've had sellers argue with me, well, what do you mean I need to have the floors mopped and the bathrooms clean and the kitchen appliances clean? Yeah, would you want to move into something that was all nasty? No. But, I mean, people have different interpretation of obligations, do they not? Yes, they do. Absolutely. So why? So we can't go to just a little book now with a contract on a sale of your house. That's different. But when you go to a job setting, or you go to a marriage, or you go to a family setting where you're part of a family, a big family, or an extended family, or whatever, there are obligations that you may go, I don't want to do this, but you feel obligated. Right. You feel like you have to. Mm -hmm. Right. Even though you may not know, I mean, maybe nobody's called and said you have to. Although I can remember days when my mom would say, you've got to go do this. You have to do this, right? Mm -hmm. This is your obligation to go to your great aunt so-and-so's house for dinner or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. And some of our audience can probably relate to those kind of family obligations that you feel like, oh, I don't want to go, but I have to go. Yes. So do we go with bad attitudes sometimes because we have to go? Sometimes we do, yes. Right, okay. Like our body's doing it, but our like mind's not really wanting yeah. to do it. sense of duty, but we really don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that can be reflected in our attitude, in our body language, and the fact that we go and we sit and we look pretty, but we don't really engage and don't talk, right? Exactly. You ever been in situations like that? Oh, of, of course. I think we I all think have. I think we all have. Yes, we? of course. Yeah. So what kinds of, re- of uh, relationships are we talking about that can have obligations that maybe we're not wanting to really do? I think any kind of relationship can. Um, okay. We can have this feeling, you know, of course, family. Yeah. You know, um, that's the one when we're more, we think of uh, family having lots of obligations. Uh, friendships can. Sure. Um, marriage relationship or interpersonal, you know, your right. intimate partnership. Professional relationships can. Per, you know, any kind of relationship. A neighbor relationship. You may feel obligated to, you know, get your neighbor's meal when they're on vacation. Right. Even though it's not convenient for you because maybe, I don't know, they edged your side of the sidewalk several times so now you're feeling obligated oh, to do yeah, something right. back when somebody right? so so when somebody does feels does something nice for you and then you feel obligated to return that nice favor in some form Absolutely. right that's one of the things that can make someone feel obligated yes so when okay. somebody does you know picks your kids up from school and now they ask oh, you a yeah. favor you feel like oh well, i have to I've do, this. do it i've got to do it even though you don't want to do it right exactly and i know people that have said well i'm not going to get into that with like parents with kids and doing this favor and then that favor because i don't want to owe them because i don't want to owe them because i'm going to end up in a mess and then they're going to get mad because they've had bad experiences mm-hmm. with this kind of thing so this is a very really important series that we're going to do it really is and it can happen in, in any type of relationship so it there isn't a type of relationship where you might not feel obligated any of them could have this could feeling of obligation right absolutely. i feel like family ones have uh the tightest hold on those obligations probably Why because is they're that? the longest relationships we have in our life um and our family is like who we are you know friendships kind of can come and go a little bit right you know neighbors you move out you don't you know you, they're not your neighbor anymore, so they can kind of go. You change jobs, you you change your professional relationship, but families like that lifelong right. connection. Right. 
And with families, so often you want to keep the peace, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a big well, you part? You want to feel of, loved and accepted by your family, right? Exactly, exactly. And so, because there's that sense of obligation that so many people feel, uh, a lot of times relationships like this get eh, one-sided. Right? Very one-sided, absolutely. You want to explain what that means? Well, one-sided relationship means one side is doing all the work. They're doing most of the work, so they're the ones performing whatever those obligate those tasks they feel obligated to do. Right. So a lot of times we'll see that happen, um, and families may happen when there's some kind of differential, like maybe a, a child to an adult child to sure. a parent, maybe. Sure. Um, sibling that one's real successful and one's struggling to get through there might feel like they have to help the you know the sibling that's not as successful because they are right. they have more there's usually something that's making one person have more resources okay and one person having less okay and how about the dynamic of age where we've been taught as we grow up at least in, in well in most societies i think not just in america probably other societies more than america and that is respecting our elders absolutely and so how we translate that sometimes is well if they ask me to do it i gotta go right right and i can't tell them no my daughter's got this going on right then i can't make it because we translate that obligation as respecting our elders means i always say yes right because we think it means obedience oh oh did you just come up with that right now i did (laughs) i just wrote it on my paper i saw you write something we do though and i think that happens you know like when you're a child you know you you obey your parents obey Obey your parents parents, parents, right right? right. it's like drilled into you oh it is and then magically one day you're 18 and you're an adult right but they're still your parents, and you've been trained 18 years to obey them. So even as an adult, we believe that respect is obeying what they ask or right. what they tell us to do. And it's not. That's not respect. Okay, let's go to the other side of that. How about the kid that grows up and he's extremely rebellious? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he doesn't want to do anything that he's asked to do, right? Okay. And because of that, he just, even if it would have been okay that he could have done it, Whatever it is, sure, I can go uh, run to the grocery and pick that up. But you know what? I don't want her to think I'm easy, that I can just go do whatever mom wants me to go do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay in my rebellion because I don't want her to think she can, quote, unquote, use me. Right. That use me thing is huge when it comes to relationships, I think. So often we get a big chip on our shoulders. I don't want to be used, quote, Mm -hmm. unquote. Whatever does that mean, Dr. Angel? Well, you know, being used, I think, if it means that you're giving out more than you're getting okay so i think it's where you feel like i'm doing all the the work here in this relationship and and i'm not getting a benefit or enough benefit to that relationship so what that does that kind of an attitude of Mm -hmm. i'm i'm doing it all Mm -hmm. is resentment begins to Mm -hmm. to build up bitterness right and and they're mad yes and this is why you'll see a Jolt, children just totally separate themselves from parts of their family when they become adult. They're just done. Yeah. I don't want to feel used. I don't want to feel obligated. I don't like the guilt that I have. So I'm just leaving. Yeah. And they'll just move across the country and have their life. and Right. And that's not that uncommon in this day and age with so many families being split up in different cities and and states and sometimes countries right yeah yeah. and that's one of the reasons why they'll see and especially if there's been like this intergenerational obligation stuff so if they watched their parents being obligated to their grandparents and now i i see that for um, quote unquote an average American more than a person of descent from another country. Having grown up in Central America, I that was customary for people to have their parents live with them mm-hmm. or their grandparents live with them and take care of them. And, and in that culture and in so many cultures like that, there is not that um, – I don't want to generalize this, like say, you know, hispanic cultures or asian cultures but because you know but i've seen it many times Mm -hmm. in my clients let's put it that way where i'm selling a house and who's going to live here well grandma and grandpa Mm -hmm. and the parents and three kids and there's a cousin and i've seen this over and over again and Mm -hmm. and more so in 
families that have come from other cultures. That's what I'm trying to say and be be politically correct here. No, you're and you're right. There is that intergenerational living, but then there's families that have this like intergenerational obligation. Right. So like for an example, when um I was married my mother-in-law, her mother-in-law dictated how they spent all their holidays, what they did. So they had to do everything oh, wow. her mother-in-law wanted. So then she became, the, you know, that generation died out. She became the one in power. And it was, oh, you guys have to do this for your holidays. You have to do this for your kids. You have to go to this church. Wow. And wow. thought that they got that to make you feel obligated by, you know, that family obligation. Well, what you're talking about is control. Well, it is. You're talking about power and you're talking about control. And a lot of times the persons being controlled have that sense of obligation that is kind of off the charts. Mm-hmm. And because of that, then if they if it's not something they really genuinely want to do, that's where the resentment and the bitterness starts in. Absolutely. And that control can come spoken or unspoken. It can okay. just be this dynamic that it's just understood. You just understood. You have to do this. Or yeah. it can come out in words like, oh, now it's my turn. You have to, you know, do what I say because that's respecting yeah. your elders or, you know, whatever. Right. So, I mean, even back generations in other cultures, um, and, you know, recently at Christmas time, we were teaching about Jesus and Joseph and Mary, and, and probably Joseph, you know, probably he lived with his family, you know, in a wing of their house and took his wife there because that was customary, mm-hmm. which is simply very normal for a lot of of settings, in, oh, even yes. in America. Absolutely it okay. is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and some of those relationships may be fine because they feel like, yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. It's no problem. And they don't, aren't resentful. Mm-hmm. But in a healthy relationship is what? Because well, we've been kind of talking about the negative side sure, of it. Sure, we have. And a healthy relationship is really, it's based on love. It's based on trust. It's based on honesty. It's based on mutualism. And it's based on devotion. Ooh. So it's doing this because I'm devoted to you, not right. because I owe, owe you. you. Right. And obligation right. means kind of debt. Yeah, it's a debt. Yeah. You're obligated to do this. Okay. We talk sometimes about forgiveness on the show, and forgiveness basically means you don't owe me anymore. If right. I, I let it go, you don't owe me, right? Mm-hmm. But so often we, in this kind of a subject that we're talking about here, people don't have a firm grasp on what a healthy relationship is or can be. Instead, they are under the thumb of the obligation and become resentful. Absolutely. I mean, if you're paying a debt all the time over and over and over and over... And there's no end to the debt. Right. It's an unlimited debt, you know, that really makes for an unhealthy relationship and some misery happening there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so often, are you saying, Dr. Angel, that a lot of people do things because they feel like they have to, not because they want to? Absolutely, they do. Okay. And you know, I don't give that word absolutely very often. No, you don't. And so... They do. Okay, so it's that sense of obligation that makes them do things they don't want to do, but they mm-hmm. do it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And... Then what's the byproduct of that attitude? What happens in them? They start to get angry, resentful, resentful just like I've been saying, yeah, right? Like all we've been that, saying. Yeah. Okay. They start, you know, wanting not wanting to be around that person that they're, you know, feeling obligated to. They're, you know, oh gosh, you know, they're coming around. They they start, you know, just not looking forward to that person being around at all. And sometimes the obligation is spoken. Mm-hmm. by the let's say the the matriarch of the family or or somebody you have to do this you mm-hmm. don't have an obligation i mean this is an obligation you got to do it because that's who you are mm-hmm. a lot of times these are pressures we put on ourselves right mm-hmm. why do we do this because uh sometimes it's that unspoken norm of how the family worked and we saw the we see that dynamic okay we grew we in, up with that right? right and then we interpret that to mean that's now it's my role to right. be the one to you to, know, yeah. continue paying this debt to the next generation or whatever it is. So sometimes it's the family dynamic kind of sets us up for it. And then we might have seen that if somebody tried to break that obligation cycle, 
they got you know negative backlash or they everybody were talked about them behind right. their back. Yeah. And so I don't yeah. want that. Oh, so no. I'm just gonna pay right. the obligation and stay quiet about it. Right. Exactly. And so many people just want to keep the peace in life. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that, Doctor Angel? Because I think that is a huge part of this problem. That so many people are conditioned to never make waves. You know, Mm -hmm. or they've seen how their mother made waves and their grandmother put her in her place or, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Or a boss. I mean, they can't speak up and have an opinion. Right. Because there's going to be some kind of like fight and they don't have that energy for it. So sometimes it's easier to go with the flow and keep the peace and, and suck up the misery. Right. Then, you know, make the waves and have to deal with whatever that's going to look like. Okay, so often we see movies where somebody is in a work setting and they they feel, you know, this is the way it's always done, but they buck the system. Mm-hmm. And they become like the heroine or the hero of the movie because they're stepping out and doing something different, right? Right. But probably for most people, that would be an uncomfortable thing to do for themselves. They can admire that from a distance, right? Sure. But the cost that's involved in that can be very challenging because when you start to buck the system, so to speak, there's an isolation. You know, you're right. People might have negative backlash in their words or actions. They may not want something to do with you. And then there might you might feel, you know, isolated. You're losing maybe part of your what you believed is your support system because they're not happy with it. And if it works, then, you know, yay, then people kind of get back on your, you know, but it can be it can back. It can yeah. Be a rocky road for a few minutes there, and right. So yeah, a lot of times, am I willing to take that risk? Right. Am I willing to? So so often the pressures that we feel are 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 not just from everything coming at us, but it's within us mm-hmm. because let's say we want to keep the peace, right? Right. So we put pressures on ourselves. Right. Keep the peace. What does that mean? Whatever it takes to not have conflict. Right. Not have you know? Why are people so afraid of conflict, Doctor Angel? You know, they. I'm not sure why they're so afraid of it, but it just they don't like it. They don't like it. It's Most not people don't like it. Yeah, yeah. You have said many times on this show that no is a full sentence. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yet. I would venture to bet that most people have a hard time saying no to Uh, somebody that asks them, can you go do this? Or, I mean, if they have another reason, a good reason why they can't, that's one thing. But if they don't have a reason, they just don't want to do it. It's hard to say that to people. It is hard to say that, and you're right, it is a sentence, and then they feel like they have to defend that no, like it has to be a good enough reason, and we really don't owe that defense, we just feel like we owe that defense. Yeah. So we go right on, you know, no, I can't do that because blah, 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 and blah, And then they blah. make up some big lie. Yeah, a lot of times they lie. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, no, because so-and-so is coming to my house, blah, 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 right? But it's Absolutely. not even true. I know one person, you know, I know a person in my life that really has a hard time with the word no. And when they give you the word no, most of the time it's some kind of made-up lie behind why instead of just saying, no, I can't. So does that make you trust that person yeah, more? Yeah, no, I do not. I do not. I, I struggle with that. You struggle with yes. that. Why? What's wrong with that? If well, they're if lying to you, Dr. Angel, what's wrong with that? Well, for me, I always set the premise that you can say no, it's okay. I'm okay. Right. And like I always say that you can say no, it's okay, so you don't owe me a defense. And then when right. I know you're going to lie when you don't have to, well, how, there isn't. How can I trust you for anything? So it it erodes trust when you don't just say yes or no, or I really can't. I don't want to go into why, but I just can't do it this time. Or what? if you say yes and then you just drop the ball, there's and another trust And don't eroder. show up. Right. And so, oh, I know people like that. Oh, yes, I do too. And it's, it's hard because it does hit the trust. It does. It does. So it's very important that we begin to understand why we feel so obligated mm-hmm. and why we have a hard time saying no mm-hmm. and why we go ahead and do things we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's talk more about that right after this break. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Call a friend. You can call in, by the way, if you'd like, 727-441-3000. And you can ask a question or make a comment. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Misery. I will not break the 
Talk Radio Network. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. This is the Tantalk Radio Network. Welcome back to Go Yard. I'm Mama Mac with Dr. Angel. We start a new series tonight dealing with relationship obligations. Yes. Why'd you pick that song, Dr. Angel? Well, you know, I picked the song. Who it's was a, that? Um, that's Kelly Clarkson. Okay. And it's a song where she learned unhealthy relationship patterns from her mother yes and it made her feel fearful as an adult and it made her feel like she couldn't do certain things because she felt obligated to you know help her fix her mom's pain her mom was you know wow. if you go in her mom would share too much detail of the divorce and she felt like she had to make it okay for her mom but she was just perfect kid. song for this this uh discussion um i like that what's the name of the song uh, because of you because of you so because of you and and so often we are doing things because of the other person mm-hmm. so if you're just now joining us our new series has to do with feeling obligated mm-hmm. and i think we all do in so many ways and i don't think we've ever tackled this subject in five years i don't think we have either. it's a brand new subject that we're talking about so so often we feel obligated to meet somebody else's expectations or their demands yes we do or their subtle comments mm-hmm. Or we want them to be happy mm-hmm. at our own expense. Absolutely. At our own expense. At our own expense. It, may, it could be that you are, you've had a horrible work week. You've got so much on your plate at home. You've got all this stuff happen. Somebody else's kid. You've got to come and you've got you to gotta fill in for me to coach this. Da, da, da. You've got to do this because after all, the kids won't have me by coach them if you don't go. And, 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 I mean, I've been in situations like that. I mean, as I a mother. we all get in those right? situations. And, right. and it's like, oh, no, I, I really shouldn't do that today. But we feel like somebody else is going to be hurt. Yes. Suffer. They're going to suffer if, if we, we do not. don't pick up the ball and run with it, right? Right. And, and like we're the only one that can? We do. Sometimes. I mean, that's kind of a prideful thing. Don't you think, Dr. Angel, that sometimes we get into these messes because we think, oh, they say that I'm the one that needs to do it. Well, sometimes it can be a source of pride. Sometimes it's kind of that source of over-responsibility because... Over-responsibility. I, right. I like that. We, you know, especially like you gave two great examples. Okay. Um, you know, our people are counting on us is one of those self-pressures that we put on ourselves that people right. are counting on us. And so if I do not do this, then people are going to hurt. And so when you're an empathetic person, you don't want people to hurt because you didn't do something. Right. So right. you would you want to stop people from hurting. So you're going to do it so they don't hurt. Exactly. There's where you're doing something out of obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, another, for, so that's not pride. Sometimes maybe you do have some skill that other people are lacking or special knowledge. And that's the same kind of back. You use that special skill because if you don't, they're going to suffer in some exactly. way. And you don't want them to suffer. And so you know you can better the situation or fix it or right you have the power you have the power and you want to share your talents and abilities well you just don't want them to suffer so you don't want people especially people you love and care about 
to be in pain because you didn't give them a help that would help them. Exactly. Right. And and so often in families, this is where we see this the most, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so often when we are trying to do everything for everybody, it, it, we want to give that impression, I think, that we're strong and we can handle it no matter what comes our way. We sure do. You, we, know, you know, which is one of those self-pressures we put on ourselves. I have to keep it all together. Right. I yeah. got to keep it all together. You know, so I'm, I'm solving the problems. I'm keeping the peace. I'm staying strong. Right. You know, I'm not letting anyone know that I'm not strong or I'm struggling or I'm hurting or I have needs. And we do that so often in, in our relationships or even at work. And we take on more than we can handle because we want the boss to think favorably of us, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I see this one, yeah, in the professional setting, a lot of times, very much so. So, you know, anytime the boss is asking for something, yep, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then you're set, you're still at work at midnight and right. you're exhausted and you're running yourself into the ground. Because you just keep trying to take on more and more to show that you're competent and you're strong and you're a team player and whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of pressure in work situations Mm -hmm. to give a good impression or give the I'm going to go the extra mile type impression. Absolutely. And um, that's one where a lot of people really get sucked into. And before long, they're just buried under so much work that they're overstressed, they're getting sick. And they hate their job. Okay. Let's think about young relationships. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that the people are young. I mean the relationship is young. Okay. Okay. When you first get into a personal relationship with somebody, let's say you move in with them, you get engaged, to, you marry them, you you marry them or whatever. How many times, because I've heard it in counseling through the years as a pastor, I started out ironing his underwear and his (laughs) socks. And his pajamas. I don't know how many times I've heard this in counseling. Have you ever heard this? Oh, yes. Because I always say, and you iron his boxers? Yeah, yeah, I iron his boxers. And his socks? Yeah. I mean, it's just, but I've heard it over and over again. And it's the dutiful wife thing of I'm going to go beyond. And then the kids start coming. And then, you know, then you got to take a part-time job. And now you're feeling guilty because you can't iron his underwear any longer in his pajamas right exactly of course he's not going anywhere in his pajamas other than to bed so why does it really matter but that doesn't matter right, right. it's they a sense do. of obligation it's a sense of obligation and they feel like they're dropping a ball because they can't do it they can't do it all but i always did it right i remember one lady got getting so upset about this in a counseling session and she said and well i iron our sheets i said you iron your sheets Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I like them to be really. I said, well, when you put them on the bed, they usually just kind of like the wrinkles mm-hmm. kind of leave, you know, after a while. Sure. You know, uh, no, no, no. I, I don't know. She's, but it's just so hard because I have all this to do. And, you know, speak to that because there may be somebody out there listening right now who irons their husband's underwear and irons <laughs> the sheets on their bed and et cetera. And, and that's what we do. We put these self pressures on ourselves and we are wearing ourselves out with this obligation we put this obligation on ourselves because we feel like it's got to be this certain way and some of those things we don't need that pressure we have enough other pressures and we don't realize we're you know like that woman who started ironing the boxers and then had kids and had a job like when you started doing that you weren't doing everything and they don't realize now i'm doing more things so some things have to go you have to let go it's been my experience in talking to people like this that they have a hard time telling their honey i I can't do that anymore there's not enough hours in the day or if you want your boxers ironed you iron them, right? Right, because maybe they're trying to keep the peace. Maybe they're right. trying to show that they're a good wife. And, you know, and if you want to put faith in this, you know, the Christian tradition, especially, you know, to, you know the Proverbs 31 woman, oh, you know, yeah. and oh, gosh, the duties. Yeah. And there's a lot of ex- people interpret that in a lot of expectations or that I'm supposed to put others before myself and I'm supposed to self-sacrifice right. all the time because yeah. that's what, you know, God wants me to do. But there's a difference between self-sacrificing and wearing right. yourself to the core. Well, and the whole concept of putting others first is has to be defined uh, issue by issue, don't you think? Absolutely. And, and moment by moment. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, 
I'm going to do everything you ask me to do. I'm going to always say I can. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to volunteer at church to be the one that heads up that new committee, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I've known tons of people through the years, Dr. Angel, that they are plagued with this. And mm-hmm. I have also seen, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, what it does to that person who can never learn to say, no, I can't take that one on right now. No, they get themselves so buried. Yeah. And then, you know, they are. They're feeling resented. They're feeling used. They're feeling, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. Exhausted. Right. They're, you know, the, to keep volunteering for things, you're not able to take care of the things that you need to take yep. care of. So now you have guilt because maybe my house isn't clean. Maybe I'm not helping my kids with their homework because I'm so busy yep. helping others everywhere else. Like, And so that we aren't taking... <laughs> Don't you think a lot of times when people are are under this whole false thing of obligation, right, mm-hmm. that they have an expectation they want of the husband or the boss or the friend to say, oh, you're always there for me. Oh, you're just so wonderful. That they get some of their pats on the back from always going the extra mile, even when it is to their detriment. Well, you know, and some people, I feel like I'm preaching, but you kind of are, but that's yeah, okay. I kind of am. Because it, this is, it's I okay. guess I didn't realize I felt so strongly about this subject. Oh, that's okay. See, <laughs> things have just come out. Are you canceling me right now, no, Dr. No, I'm Angel? not. But, uh-huh. but some people are very motivated by yes. those accolades and right. that recognition. Yeah. Some people, that's not what's what. Sometimes it's just they're motivated because that the people around them are happy and they're not hurting and that that's they had a part of helping yeah. that. But, um, yes, there's always something that there's a payoff. We talk about the payoff all the time. And you're right. And when they don't get, you know, if you're motivated by being recognized for taking care of it all and you don't get it, right. then it's that, really. Then that's a letdown, right? That's where you start seeing, like, massive resentment and divorce all of a sudden because this person has given, given, given. The other person didn't recognize it. And then they're done. Right. And everyone's like, what happened? And that's one of those things that, you know, lead to that. I remember as a stay-at-home mom for seven years when my three kids were born within four years. So it was they were real close. So I wasn't working for a period of time. And I remember getting involved in a lot of things like Mm -hmm. PTA, stuff at church, all kinds of things, country club, you name it. I was involved in all kinds of things. Okay. And I remember seeing this dynamic with a few people that would always – I mean, I, I did some some stuff. I would volunteer, but I I wasn't – this wasn't my thing to always be the shining star, you know, mm-hmm. of that. But I know people who were that. And then when they were overwhelmed and they were complaining to other people behind the scenes and someone said, okay, then – don't don't be that chairman of that next thing coming up at the country club. Why don't you let so-and-so do it? And perhaps they would do it. And then they would get criticized by the person who didn't do it behind their back because mm-hmm. it wasn't done the way they wanted it done. Do you understand? Did you follow that whole I, I dynamic? I did follow that whole dynamic. And, and those kinds of dynamics absolutely happen. And so sometimes, you know, we over-obligate ourselves because we we can't let go. Right. We just right. We just can't let go. We can't let go because if we let go, what? People think less of us. We're worthless. I don't know. Right. There's something that if we let go, we're afraid of happening. If we let go. So I think that's a question to our audience right now. Right. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in these situations where you're totally overwhelmed all the time and you've agreed to too much and you've taken too much on, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Are you afraid of hurting somebody's feelings if you don't? Are you wanting to make sure it's done the way you want it done? Right? Or is it a matter of you get a lot of attention doing more than you really should be doing? Right. Is it there's too many people pressuring you from the outside that you are the only one that can save the day? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just mm-hmm. throwing out some no, examples. No, what are you doing? And are you, you know, what is it? You know, and so... To keep going in the why, because I want to get this part covered this week, um, the self-sacrificing, which is one of those self-pressures that we we 
are taking under responsibility for yeah. ourselves because we're taking over responsibility for others. Okay, Un- explain that again. You just said that quickly to our audience. Under responsibility versus over responsibility. Yeah, so when we are self-sacrificing, we are taking over responsibility for other people and not our responsibility for ourselves. So okay. often, um, we're things that are, we need to be doing for us, we're not. Like rest? Yeah, like rest. Uh <laughs> So how we self-sacrifice, we don't speak about speak up about things that are important to us. Right. So we just stay silent. Uh, so maybe you had a plan to go do something, and then somebody's like, oh, can you pick me up from the airport? And then you show up at the airport, and you've dropped a plan of something you were looking forward to because you're not speaking up about what's important to you. Okay. Um, not being able to ask for what you need when you self-sacrifice, you you don't feel like it's okay to have a need or right. to ask for that need to be met. So you continually go around with your needs unmet. Uh, that not being able to say no is part of self-sacrificing. Right. Uh, not wanting to burden other people um, with what you're thinking or right. going through or feeling or feeling like every time you are burdening somebody. So I'm not going to do that um, because – you don't want to be a burden. Uh, we want to have less pain, not more onto other people. Um, feeling controlled by what you expect someone's reaction to be. Right. That's that self-sacrifice. So um, that might be what's motivating you. Right. Is what exactly. that reaction is going to be. Right. Um, and sometimes it's letting other people just take over for you. Interpret what you mean. Speak for you. Be your words. That's that self-sacrifice. Right. So self-sacrificing really fits in here very well with this mm-hmm. whole concept of feeling obligated all the time, mm-hmm. right? And if people in your family or your job say, oh, you know, you really are the only one that can save the day here, or you are the only one that can take on this duty, this family responsibility, or, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then that sense of obligation just permeates you. You feel like everybody's expecting me to do it, Absolutely. right? Whatever it is. Uh, yeah, you may feel very, like, pressured and, right. like, you need to do this because I don't want my family member to suffer or right. hurt or be in pain or to go without. So you do it at whatever cost if it's what you need to have done or your time or of your finances, I mean, you could sacrifice so much right. in that feeling obligated for other people. Right. So, yeah, how does it impact us when we do this? When we are we're in a cycle, let's say, of this in our lives, because I know this uh, pertains to a whole lot of people, whether it be in your workplace, your marriage, your family, your extended family, your kids, your grandkids, whatever, that you have this over- what's the word, over-responsibility, I guess, Mm -hmm. what you just said, okay, for obligations that maybe aren't your obligation at all. Absolutely. And one of the biggest things it does is it zaps our strength. When I am constantly feeling obligated, um, the quality of those relationships, just they're not there. I'm obligated. I owe a debt, which means I'm always giving. Right. You know, we're not endless vessels like a bank account. You know, there is, you know, there's not money in the account. You can't keep taking it out. Well, we do that within ourselves. Okay, apply that to people's emotional strength and physical strength and mental strength. Sure. So we only have a limited amount of strength before we have to, you know, renew that renew strength it, with right? rest and taking self-care and sleep. Well, it's and just whatever. like the person who who doesn't eat. Right. Okay. And let's say they go, okay, I'm going to lose all this weight, so I'm not going to eat for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. What happens to their strength? What happens to their mental ability? What mm-hmm. happens to their emotions? What happens to their, all of that, right? Yeah, so their energy's not very well. They're very tired and lethargic. Uh, they can't focus and concentrate, remember to do things, so they get frustrated easily. Their emotions are all over the place. They can go from, you know, happy to sad and frustrated and angry and all a matter, you know, of minutes. Because right. there's no stabilization in their body. Right. Um. We got, we have to, we can only take from what we have. And so, so many people are drawing their bodies past empty and then yeah. they're sick and they have Get nothing. Get sick easier, right? Oh, yes. And so it zaps our strength. And plus the quality of that relationship, it's just, it's not there. You're, right. we're not feeling nurtured and our yeah. relationship should have 
a nurture. It should, you know, be give and take. And if they're all just us giving, yeah, we wear ourselves to the core. We do. We wear ourselves out. Wow. Uh, you know, when when our relationship ob- obligations mm-hmm. impact us to the point that we feel like what we need in this situation isn't noticed, mm-hmm. isn't heard. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, people don't speak it. So that's one reason it's not heard, but isn't noticed. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I think when people are in this kind of relationship deficit where they're always expected, whatever, they just they fall into that trap of, well, it's expected of me. I just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, and that it's like this obedience trap, and they're kind of like robots. They just they're doing it, but they're not okay about doing it. Right, you know, and they start feeling miserable. Right, you know, because I'm doing this. What I need is unimportant. What I want isn't important. What I'm not valuable. They feel invisible to that they could possibly have a need or a want or a problem or just whatever. They feel invisible. Okay, do they feel st- start feeling sorry for themselves? They might start feeling yeah. sorry for themselves. I think sure. that's that's a possibility. Feeling not even noticed, mm-hmm. not even that their needs are are there too, and not even noticed. Absolutely, and that's where that invisibility comes in, and then miserable because they have needs that are not they're going unmet. And exactly, how long can we really maintain that without feeling depressed and feeling? you know down right well it does it makes you miserable if you think nobody notices that you really hinted at this is what a lot of people that are that fall in this trap they hint at Mm -hmm. oh that's hard for me right now and they expect everybody to just go okay then so and so will do it but if they're the ones that are always the go-to person that always picks up the ball and runs with it nobody's going to even pay attention to your hint no, they're not. You know they're what I not. mean by that? Absolutely not. Um, and they you know the longer you go with your needs not being met, it, it's rejection. Right. I mean, ultimately, we are in relationship to meet needs and to have our needs met. And so, you know, it can get to a, a place that you start to just you really, feel rejected. Yeah. yeah. You just rejection is a terrible place to feel to be. It is just feeling sorry for yourself, feeling that people are not seeing that you have needs too. Why doesn't anybody say, would this be convenient for you or not? Right. And no, just expect it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and your self esteem is tanked because oh, I only yeah. I don't have a value because I'm a you know a fun person or a great person. I have a value because of what I can do for you. Right. And so I don't have a value in and of myself. It's only a base on what I can do. So your self-esteem starts to take a tank. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then your relationships are really unbalanced and that you feel over-responsible for others and not responsible for and under-responsible for yourself. Okay. So let's, let's pick up on that as we close this out tonight. This whole thing of not noticing your own needs. What happens there? Why is it that people don't seem to see how tired they really are, for instance, or how beat up they might be, or uh, just that they have other things they have to do, you know? I found that people, I have found that people that are constantly pulled into things they don't want to be in, they really haven't expressed much of what's going on in their life. They kind of keep it to themselves. Yes, they do. Right? Absolutely. And so they don't see it because they have this belief that they can just, if they keep pressing forward, they'll they'll get it done. Right. They have like this super strength somewhere that they can pull from and it'll be okay. So just keep moving forward you know right. that body emotion stays emotion thought yeah and that they can just keep going and usually they don't stop unless something stops them like their body's done they get sick because they they're obligated they have right. this debt that they feel they have to pay exactly exactly which just whoa and when you're not paying the debt you feel like you have to pay you feel miserable right inside right and you don't yeah. want to feel that way right but I guess there's this sense of, at this point, and then we'll just wrap this up here, this sense that I see in a lot of people like this, does they begin to feel sorry for themselves? Mm-hmm. That nobody is noticing what their needs are, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. They can get into that, feel sorry for themselves, or they can just get into my needs aren't important, and I try not to have it. Learn to live with your needs. Learn to leave, live that way. you got about three minutes to sum all this up, Dr. Wow. Angel. 
no pressure there. Oh, Mama. four. I Tommy four said minutes. you have four minutes. Still no pressure there. So okay. we're talking about dealing with relationship obligations. So these are the relationships that we have that sense of duty um, as if we owe the other person something. So we stay in this relationship because of obligation. We are not staying in this relationship because we're devoted or there's mutualism and honesty and trust and love. It's based on duty. And that's like the key word there. It can be in any kind of relationship. There isn't a relationship that is void of having um, this happening to it. Um, I, I do things I don't want to do because it's expected. Um, that's kind of one of those common right. words that we'll see. This is what, you know. It's expected. Yeah. We, we might be trying to keep the peace or solving keep the problems, the pe keeping yeah. people from feeling pain. So we put on pressures. There's others' expectations, spoken or unspoken, and then we put on our own pressures, like keeping it all together, putting others first, self-sacrificing. Sure. And people are counting on me to X, Y, Z. Right. Right. And it's very destructive pattern. So really, it, it, interesting that we've never even done a, a show on this or a series on this, but this is a very important part of our human experience, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The sense of obligation. It sure is. It sure is. And it can be a thing that really makes you depressed, mm -hmm. discouraged, feeling unloved, feeling rejected, feeling sorry for yourself. Absolutely. These are real feelings that people feel when they feel this terrible, overwhelming sense of obligation and they have no idea what to do about it. Right, because the negative feelings when you don't meet the obligation is hard to deal with. And so it, it's this cognitive dissonance inside of you where your feelings and your actions aren't matching up. So to not do it, I feel bad. But when I do it, I feel bad. So it, there's just no win on this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I think we've identified the problem tonight. I think we have. And next week we need to talk about what to do about it. Yes, we do. Because we should do something about it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Why continue to live in the same problem, going around that same mountain over and over again, if there are ways of patterns of behavior that you can begin to implement in your life that will cause you to feel less obligated but feel more fulfilled when you do the things that you feel like you need to be doing absolutely and that when you say yes it's truly a yes and when you say no it's truly a no yes and yes so, yes or no or no okay you know and this week i really want to encourage our listeners to kind of just examine some of your relationships which ones in your life is this out of devotion and love and trust and mutualism yeah, yeah. and which ones is this out of obligation right and you're feeling like you have to, so you mm -hmm. will, you know? Absolutely. Because, you know, it's easy to get into relationship situations where it is all obligation, and it is not because you want to do it. Absolutely it is. And that's a problem. That sure is. Wow. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to get out of here because um, we got to turn it over to the next guy, Gene. And next week we're going to be talking. So tell some friends to, if you missed, uh, if they missed part one of this series, to go to TantalkNetwork.com, go to podcast and go to Go Yard. And you can catch up to this first part, part one, and where we identify what the problem is and that's what we've been doing tonight we've been trying to just identify that this can be a real problem in a lot of people's lives that sense of obligation whether it be a false obligation or a true obligation yes. so yeah here we go so we got to get out of here who are you anyway what are uh, i'm dr oh, angel oh i always ask you because i don't remember no i'm teasing <laughs> uh we're so glad dr angel that you're always here and you're wonderful w-t-a-n clearwater fm 106.1 w-d-c-f dade city tampa bay w-z-h-r zephyr hills fm 104.3 listen